PointClickFish.com. Your connection to the saltwater fishing community brings you Saltwater Fishing Radio. Are you a professional tournament angler, fishing captain, or novice angler looking to learn from the pros? Listen to live discussions from some of the best in the industry, the biggest TV fishing stars, interviews with captains, sponsors, and fishing teams. Your trusted source for the latest tournament updates, industry news, and interviews. It's time to talk fishing with your host, Captain Jay. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the PointClickFish.com Saltwater Fishing Radio Show. It's time to talk fish and price, and we've got a great show this evening for everyone, but wanted to catch everyone up on what's going on with uh, Point Click Fish, Bryce. Oh, man, yeah, man. What an exciting show. We normally don't do Tuesday shows, but, man, we got a special show tonight with a very special guest. And, man, I know any of you redfish uh, enthusiasts out there are going to love this show, so uh, I'm looking forward to doing the show tonight. Tonight we're excited to have Captain Jamie Hump, professional redfish angler, also flat spot charter, flat spot charter, and also uh, Jamie, the redfish mafia. We've got a lot to catch up on, buddy. First of all, welcome to the show. Hey guys, thanks for having me. I tell you, we're excited to have you on the show. You've been had a very busy year this year, and I wanted to catch up with you on charters, uh, the, the tournament series, and also. Uh, anything else that's been going on as you uh, get ready for 2016, Jamie? First of all, congrats on your win this year at the IFA Championship. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's it's been a whirlwind of a year. We've uh, you know, with the charter business, I'm I'm working on uh, 20 years now uh, as a licensed captain here in Charleston, and obviously the the charter business gets bit, bitter, bigger and better and uh, and busier every year and. Um, you know, the more you do that, the more you want to get away and do some uh, some tournaments. So it seems like every year I get busier and busier, and that's that's kind of the way I like it. So we got lucky this year and um, and won, won a big tournament. Uh, I think as far as team events goes, uh, from what everybody says, it's the tournament. It's the so I'm, I'm really happy to have won the national championship with my partner Ryan Tiernan, and we, uh, we worked real hard for it. And I've been trying to win that Joker for about 13 years now, so it finally paid off. Well, it definitely sounds like that persistence paid off. Uh, you know, the event itself, I mean, what were, what were your thoughts, um, you know, after you finally won it after 13 years? I'll be honest with you. It didn't really even kick in until about a week after I got home. I mean, I, when I got home on Sunday, or I guess mo- Monday, we, uh, you know, where I live is close to close to 13 hours from where the tournament was, which is not – it seems like a really long drive. It's not that bad compared to some of our locations, but – uh, when I got home on Monday, you know, we went out to dinner that night, and all my friends were like, bring the trophy, bring the trophy to dinner. I said, man, it's not the Stanley Cup, but, I, you know, with regards to team tournament redfishing, I guess it's somewhat similar to the Stanley Cup for our for what we do, you know. And that's kind of when it started started hitting home a little bit. I mean, it, you know, it, you realize when you get on the stage, and everybody kept saying congratulations before we went up on stage. And, I, you know, up against the guys that you're up against in that tournament, um, you you've got you've got some class A anglers and you've got some charter captains that are from there and I had no clue I wasn't a hundred percent confident that we had won the tournament and people were already congratulating us. I said, Man, y'all 
y'all are early calling me. It's like saying nice putt at the Masters, you know, on the 18th green. I just, I, I was afraid that uh, that some of those guys were going to sneak up there and, and pull some big ones out of the bag. But uh, we we pulled it out by a half pound, and um, you know, we we needed we needed all four fish that we caught. It's uh, it's really it's sunk in in the past past few months, and I still, you know, I go into places up here, and, and people are like, man, I saw in the paper that you won. Congratulations. So. It's pretty cool to know that people are keeping keeping tabs on me, uh, you know, folks that I don't know and folks that I do. I just I feel like what we do as professional red fishermen isn't really that noticed uh, in the public eye, but I think it is now after after coming home to the welcome that I got. So. Yeah, I would agree. Sometimes you know, sometimes it, you know, with tournament fishing, you you wonder sometimes the amount of exposure that it gets, and it's always great to be able to get that that people are hearing about it, seeing it, and congratulating you. So it's excellent to hear that um, you feel that you've got a lot of exposure out of that win. So that's definitely uh, something that we enjoy doing is being able to highlight, um, you know, the great accomplishments like this um, to be able to talk about what you've been doing and the tournament season that you had. Because, like you said, you've been doing it for 13 years. You're a professional charter captain in Charleston, and you're on the water a lot. So you put a lot of time and effort to get to that point. I mean, you're on the you're on the water like, how many days a year? You know, I get that question a lot. I don't know how many days actually. Um, I can tell you how many trips I do, but I do half day trips. So, you know, it's it's hard to it's hard to say how many days. But I would say on the water tournaments and everything, I'm probably pushing shoot 300 and 310, 315 days a year. And and that, you know, that it, is a lot of time. That is a lot of time on the water. Yeah, I mean that that tournament that we just won down there in Louisiana. You know, we fish against a lot of guys that. Um, You guys there? Jamie, it looks like we lost you, but we're back online now. Can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. I'm I'm so sorry about that. That uh, I was I was trying to send my mom to voicemail. She's freaking out about Thanksgiving plans. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, I'm sorry about that. It's definitely that time of year, buddy. <laughs> It is. But you were, um, you were talking guess, about being over year 310 days. Yeah, um, I was just going to say, you know, a lot of the guys that we fish against in both the Elite Series and the IFA Series, um, you know, having having money to go and pre-fish for a week or two is not that, that big a deal to them. I'm, I'm, just a, I'm just a charter boat captain. And uh, any other charter boat captain knows that, you know, once you pass about 150 trips a year, it, it it seems like no matter how many trips you do, it's never enough because something else is always breaking because you're doing that many more trips. And so, you know, money's always been an issue and that's where the sponsors come in. You know, I've got, I've got a list of unbelievable sponsors that take such great care of me. But this year, I, you know, I knew I had to prepare. I knew there were some guys that were going to be down there for two weeks and I knew my partner couldn't even come down there until the day before the tournament. So what I did is I, I called a bunch of my clients that usually come to Charleston 
uh, they either fly in or they drive in and come down here and fish with me. And I said, hey, how about you guys, uh, instead of coming here, why don't we, um, why don't, why don't y'all come down to, uh, to Louisiana with me and, uh, and we'll just do full day sight fishing trips down there. And you guys will actually be helping me pre-fish for the tournament. And I did 25 full days in a row, um, including, you know, making their lunches, cooking their dinners, uh, paid for the hotel rooms out of the, out of the money. And so, you know, I didn't make that, I didn't make as I made about half as much money if I'd, as I made if I stayed here, but it enabled me to get 25 days of charters in before the tournament. So it wound up being, uh, a hundred percent beneficial. I mean, I, I actually, the first day I was in Delacroix on the first charter I had, uh, my buddy, country music singer, Bryson Jennings and his dad. Um, that was my first, first Delacroix trip while I was down there. And we pulled into the spot and we sight fished a, a 9.75 pounder that was on the line on a flat board. And I looked at them. I was like, guys, this, if we catch some more of these, we're in there, we're in the money. And I, I still was like, you know, there's got to be more of these around. I'm not going to be the only one catching them, blah, blah, blah. Three or four days later, I pull in about 500 yards from there. We catch a nine and a half as soon as I get there. Then two days later, I pull in about a, a, a hundred yards from there and catch a 9.25. And I was like, man, there's some big fish in here. So I left it alone for four or five days. As soon as my partner got there and we, we pre-fished, I told him, I said, let's go look over here at these fish that, you know, we were catching great ones. I think most of these fish are moving to the north, but let's just go look. And, uh, man, we pulled in there and, we saw 30 or 40 of them tailing all over the place in the hydrilla, and, and it was great. Everything turned out exactly like it was supposed to on day one. Um, we went in there throwing uh, throwing some spinner baits with uh, with young mud minnows on them, and uh, and some gulps, and and we we threw some uh, super line gamagatsu hooks with a four inch gulp shrimp on it with the tail cut off. And as soon as we get in there on the first day of the tournament, uh, we've got I think a, we had an, an eight and a half. Um, and an eight and a quarter before nine o'clock and we just went looking around you know and at the end of the day we came back there and about 100 yards away from where we caught the first two fish uh we catch you know 17.06 pounds in the last hour and we probably caught 25 fish in that last hour um and you know all is well and good we're in fifth place and then all of a sudden the wind switches it's blowing 20 knots uh the water comes up about a foot and a half it's dirty it's overcast and almost everybody, I mean, the reason we go down there is for the sight fishing. So almost everybody's sight fishing. Well, last year, I won a real big tournament down in, in Biloxi um, in similar conditions. And I was throwing a popping court, uh, a bomber saltwater grade paradise popper. It's a super loud popper with a titanium uh, shaft in it. And, um, and I was popping a bomber jig head, long shank jig head with a gulp on it. And, uh, and I won that tournament in Biloxi by almost 10 pounds doing that. And I think the reason I won that tournament is because everybody else wanted to sight fish. And I, I preach this to my clients and to my friends and to other charter captains that are new to it all the time. You've got to do what the fish needs you to do, not necessarily what you want to do. So that's where the, the fishing instinct comes into play. And, uh, hey, this is a job and this is work, not, well, you know, they're not eating what, what what we want to throw at them, and they're not eating the way we want them to eat, so we're just going to keep doing that all day and, and you know, dilly-dally around. You can't do that. you got to do what the fish needs you to do in order to catch them. So it uh, turns out my partner, he also won uh, a tournament two years ago. He won twenty five grand uh, throwing popping corks for an Elite Series team event, and it wasn't 15 miles from where we were for this one. So... It turns out between the two of us, you know, we want a substantial amount of money on popping court. So I looked at him the second morning. I said, hey, man, 
Why don't we just go to the same area? We know the grass is there. We know the fish are there. We might not be able to see them. Let's just go in there and do our popping cork thing. I mean, hell, both of us are good at doing it. We may as well do it. And we had uh, we had 16.96 pounds in the boat by 10 minutes after 8. <laughs> well, it looks like that decision definitely paid off to be able to, because you knew the fish were probably still there and you knew what was there. So, like you said, you just switched your style of fishing to be able to go go find them versus trying to cast to them as you see them. Exactly, and and it you know it worked out so well for us. We uh we piled in there and put the power poles down on the on the edge of the island, and there was like a twenty yard gap between the hydrilla and the main little island there on the edge of this lake, and uh, so and the day before they were all in that twenty yard gap, and I said, well let's just power pole down, we'll throw down wind. We caught a four pounder on the first cast, and the second cast of the day, uh, my partner catches a nine three eight, which wound up being the big fish of the tournament, and. I caught another three and a half four pounder, and then on the fourth cast we had an eight fifteen. So it it was a uh, it was an out, outstanding two days of fishing. But like I said, I still didn't think we had it won because you can't count any of those guys out. Chad Dufresne is a guy down there. He's been fishing down there for twenty five years, and uh, and he's really hard to beat. His partner Barney White. I don't know if y'all know Barney or not, but Barney's really hard to beat. And I fish against Barney on the Elite Series, and and Chad used to fish the team events. So, you know, those guys being in uh, in first after day one, you're like, man, I, you know, I think we're just barely making up ground. And it just – it turned out to uh, work, work to our benefit. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to complain about it at all. <laughs> no, nor should you. I mean, it's definitely uh, an impressive win for you. Now, let me ask you a question. As you're fishing in Charleston and as you travel and fish a lot, do you find yourself having to switch your style of fishing as you travel? Oh, absolutely. I mean – you know, I'm I'm not going to down Charleston fishing at all because I'd, I'd say six or seven years ago, we had the second best red fishery that I've ever fished um, on the planet. Obviously, Louisiana being number one. Now, since since then, we've gone from 180 guides in town to I literally just talked to the girl at DNR last week, and we've got 483 licensed guides in Charleston right now. Um, is wow. you know they got this cap they got this captain in a box thing. I mean they're turning them out left and right. That being said, the pressure on our fish up here is just insane. You know it, the good thing about it is that almost all the guys that are fishing have a special reverence for redfish in general because 15 20 years ago you couldn't hardly catch a redfish here. You know we had the gill netted redfish here just like North Carolina, Florida, Louisiana has has done in the past. Um, and they, they pretty much wiped them out. You know, you used to be able to catch reds and stripers um, all the way up until the 80s in the harbor in, in South Carolina, in Charleston. Um, and I haven't ever caught a striper here, and I've been a guide here for 20 years. So that tells you right there that they gillnetted both of them to about the same limits, and the, our DNR has done a tremendous amount of research restocking those fish and doing, doing a, I mean, they've just done a fabulous job with them. Uh, the Waddell Mariculture Center is a spot that uh, where they raise um, they raise redfish, cobias, uh, speckled trout, and black sea bass to restock the populations. And um, they don't do that in a lot of states. And I know a lot of states come to our DNR for help with their natural resource redevelopment programs. Um, and my point is, all of all these guys know how hard it used to be to catch a redfish around here, so we let them all go. And that's a great thing. Conservation is awesome until you realize how smart the fish have gotten because you keep catching them and letting them go. You know, Louisiana fish, you get a new influx of fish all the time from the Gulf, and those guys down there 
there's not a thousand guides, you know. There's room for a thousand, but there's not a thousand. And so they keep they keep a lot of fish to the point where those fish don't get smart. You know, the one that bit that bait today, he died. He went to the cleaning table. So when you can throw it at a fish tomorrow in the same spot, it's not going to be the same fish, and he probably hadn't seen that bait before. And I can tell you for a fact that that is one of the issues um, that we have because I've seen it over the past six or seven years in Louisiana. It's starting to get that way because of how many tournaments they have and how many fish are getting released. Never until this year have I had to deal with turndowns. You know, last year you go down there, and the year before and the year before that you go down there, and 99% of the fish you threw it to would eat it. And when I say threw it to anything, it didn't matter what it was. I've often said, you know, if you want to know if a lure doesn't work, take it to Louisiana. Because if they don't eat it down there, they're not eating it anywhere. So I guess what I'm getting at is the fishing here, if you want to catch a bunch of redfish and you want to have a stellar redfish day, um, you need to have blue crabs in your in your live well. You need to have finger mullet. Um, this time of year, we're we're uh, we're catching jumbo shrimps in the cast net. You know, I'm talking about like 15 to 20 count shrimps, and you got to have those to get these fish to bite. Now you can go catch you can go catch five to ten on artificials just about any day when the conditions are right. But if you want to go have a trip with 40 or 50, like like your clients might be used to from 10 years ago, then you're gonna to have to have some bait in the box, and you got to do a lot of dead sticking. Um, you know, this time of year when the water starts dropping temperature-wise, we'll start catching some on artificials. Um, but it's not, you know, it's not like it used to be. I mean, I, I filmed a show here three years ago in November, and uh, the fella called me. He said, "Hey, I want to." I want to film a show, 30-minute show. I said, how many fish do you think you need 30-minute show? He said, well, about eight or nine fish. He said, well, I need to book three days with you. I said, well, I, I can't give you three days. I'll give you a half a day. And he says, you think we can get a show out of it? I said, yeah, we wound up filming three and a half shows and then topped the fourth show off with about 75 trout. So we caught 75 reds and 75 trout in six hours. Um, wow. And I, I think we caught, we caught like 10 on, on jumbo shrimps just to watch them eat them on top, and that was it. So you know it's the fishing here is good, but it's not uh it's not Louisiana fishing. You know it's not Mosquito Lagoon fishing when it gets real good, and it's not Matagorda or uh, or Laguna Madre good when it's good. You know there's those are three of the places I've been where you see redfish do things they don't do in other places. You know. Yeah, and that you know that's something too. Um, you know with the fishing in Charleston. Um, you know, what other style of fishing do you do uh, with the charter business in Charleston? Uh, obviously, you know, obviously you do red fishing, but what other uh, species do you target uh, for clients looking to charter you in the Charleston area? Um, this time of year, as uh, soon, as, soon as the water starts getting below 60, which it's about a month late right now, um, this same week last year in, uh, in six trips, I caught 594, I was looking at my book the other day, 594 trout between two and six pounds. Um, and that's all on artificials, just throwing grubs on 10-pound braid, on 2,000 series rods and reels, um, you know, which are in those little 2,000 conflicts with a little two, uh, little uh, uh, four- to eight-pound battalion rod. And, you know, you catch a two- or three-pound trout on that, it, it's a lot of fun. So we do that in October, November, and then uh, I get back in. Uh, I usually take the flats boat in and get some work done to it for about a month. And I'll get it back in a couple of weeks, and then I'll start polling people around and sight fishing for reds again. And then in April and May, we do big trout. But the, it's the same trout we're catching now, but they'll be spawning trout. So you're catching 
they'll be about a you know a, a fifth to a third pound bigger than they are now because they'll be mostly row trout and uh and we catch those little tiny menhaden you know about two or three inches long and we free line them on 15 pound fluorocarbon leaders with a uh a 10 uh, mustad um, demon perfect circle hook and we just toss them out there and free line them in certain spots and it's a really cool bite because they eat them right on top um you know they chase that bait up to the surface and then Usually we'll throw a scoop out, and if you hear them popping on them, then you know, hey, it's on like Donkey Kong. We need to put some baits out, and that's a really cool bite. Um, you know, a lot of the people that have never done it, they miss them uh, because they're chasing that bait up. It's like throwing a topwater plug. You know, you see a fish come up behind it, and a lot of folks that aren't used to it have a tendency to pull that plug away from them. Um, I did mm-hmm. have a fellow call me this year that uh, Mark actually, Mark Davis actually referred him. He, was, he called me from Baffin Bay, Texas. And I said, yeah, can I help you? He said, well, I want to come to Charleston and, and, uh, and trout fish in May. I said, oh, God. Now, I, I looked at him, or I, t- I said to him, I said, you know, that's like calling me from Pike County, Illinois, and telling me you want to come to Charleston to bow hunt a deer. You know, you're, Baffin Bay is literally where the biggest trout in the world live. And he came down here and had an absolute ball. And he told me, he said, Jamie, we'll catch one big trout out of 10 or 15 trout. And he lives right on the bay and has, you know, three different boats that he takes out there. And he he wades for him. He does what you're supposed to do. But he said that he, this, is, this was the first time he'd been somewhere and consistently caught big trout on every single cast um, in his life. So, he, you know, I thought that was a pretty good indicator of how good our trout fishing can be when a fellow from Baffin Bay, Texas, tells me that we've got some really good trout fishing. So... You know, I, I wasn't. I've never trout fished anywhere else. When I travel, all I do is redfish. So I like catching trout this time of year because, you know, a five-year-old kid, you, if you teach him how to cast a little quarter-ounce jig head, he can go out there and catch a trout bigger than anybody on the boat. You know, they don't care who's throwing it, mm-hmm. and pre- presentation isn't as important. And uh, and it's a numbers game, man. You know, if you want to catch a fish on every other cast, then you need to come down here and go trout fishing in, in November, December when the water gets down to 55, 58 degrees. So. I do that four months of the year, and then the rest of the year I'm chasing redfish. Summertime we have the uh, the bonnethead sharks. Um, you know they get a, they get kind of a bad rap. Everybody's oh I don't want a shark fish. You can catch them on the fly rod. You can sight fish them. Uh, bonnethead shark is actually a really cool shark, and we've got the biggest ones in the world. I think there's two records in the IGFA record book. Um, even all the fly line classes, there's only two records that weren't caught in South Carolina. So. And I, I can tell you, before I even knew what those records were, I've caught plenty of bonnetheads that trumps 27 pounds and had no idea that they could have been records, you know. Yeah, definitely sounds like that's uh, an excellent fishery as well down there. Um, now, what time of year is, is the bonnethead time frame? Uh, the bonnetheads come in soon Soon as, uh, actually, the, the I guess April, May, when the water hits 65 again, um, the first thing to show up in the harbor that's an indicator is going to be the menhaden and the sharp-nosed sharks. Now, they get a little pesky. We, you know, we try not to catch those unless it's just a northeast 25-knot wind day or if you've got a boatload of kids that just want to catch sharks, which happens a lot. Um, but right after those sharp-nosed show up, the bonnetheads will start showing up. And the way you catch the bonnetheads, if you want to catch a bonnethead instead of a sharp nose, all you got to do is put a half a blue crab out. The bonnetheads, eat, they eat crabs. That's what they do is they mill around, they go up and down the edges, and uh, they just eat crabs all day. And they'll eat shrimp, too, but shellfish in general is their favorite. So if you want to eliminate the sharp nose, you want to catch bonnetheads, uh, then you use the crab. The good thing about it is that while you're catching uh, your bonnetheads, they're going to be in the same place that the giant redfish are in, you know, up to 50 and 60 pounds. 
And when the current slows down in those spots, you'll catch big black drums up to 50 pounds. So you get the bonnetheads, the redfish, and the black drums all mixed in together uh, from, you know, mid-May all the way through. This year, they stayed all the way into November. We were catching, uh, you know, first week in November, we were catching um, 30-pound redfish out of the jetties, and they're usually long gone offshore because of the water temps, you know. This year, everything's about a month late. So, um, but, that, you know, we do that all summer long. And you can still catch the school in reds, but the water's a little dirtier. There's a lot of traffic, so you're going to find a lot of schools that just, they've been run over. You know, we get a lot of folks from up north come down here, rent a boat, and they had no clue how to drive one. And, you know, what's that What's that colored marker? What side do I go on? And then all of a sudden they run in the ground, and they're in the middle of the school of 200 fish, you know. So we, uh, I'm, I'm sure we, that, we do I'm that. I'm sure that never, ha- never happens. <laughs> no, uh, and they've never <laughs> run between me and the bank and run over my lines either. <laughs> <laughs> Now, if but, you know, we all, we all had to start w- somewhere. Oh, absolutely. Now, if someone's listening to the show and they're interested in uh, booking a charter with you, I wanted to make sure that we give them your website address or phone number so we can, uh, you know, they can contact you if they're looking to book a charter with you as, as well. Yeah, absolutely, um, and I appreciate that. You know, that's, that's, the, that's our bread and butter. As much as I would love to be able to tournament fish all the time, the, uh, the charter business is what keeps the, uh, keeps the lights on, so. Um, they can go to flatspotcharters.com, uh, um, and that's uh, F-L-A-T-S-P-O-T, charters, with a, with a S on the end, plural, uh, flatspotcharters.com. And they can email me from there. My phone number's on there. Um, you know, I do do a ton of trips, and a lot of times it deters people because they're like, oh, well, I wanted to go tomorrow. I think he's booked. It doesn't matter what day you want to go. Obviously, as much notice as possible is, is, is better. Um, but if you wanted to go tomorrow or the next day, even if I can't do it, I can refer you to one of the good guides in town. Um, you know, the, the charter business is like any other business. It's it's like a real estate agent or an accountant or a lawyer. There's bad ones in every business that you have. And unfortunately, um, with the charter business, a low price tag is correlated a lot of times with a not as not so good a charter uh, business. So I, I I tell people all the time, if you're going to go spend, you know, if you're going to spend 250 bucks on a half-day trip, go ahead and spend the 400 and that way you get to catch some fish, you know, because there's a lot of guys that are here doing what I do that undercut the prices, and uh, there's a few outfits in general where you call. And I, I'm a big proponent, if you're going to book a trip, if you can't talk to the man you're going to fish with, then don't book the trip. And, you know, if if the guy can't say, hey, if we don't have the kind of trip that I would want if I was in your shoes, I'll take you again another time for free. If he can't say that, then you, he doesn't have enough experience to promise you fish. I've been I've been guaranteeing fish for over 10 years. Um, you know, I, I did well over 350 trips last year, and uh, I think I gave away 11 or 12. And most of the time, it's because we, it's just snotty weather, you know, um, that has such a such a huge impact on it. So. I tell folks if you if you can't talk to the fellow you're gonna fish with, I mean you're gonna put you're putting your life in his hands for him to drive you around at fifty miles an hour. You may as well be able to talk to him on the phone, you know. Yeah, there's definitely a level of trust there and, and experience the experience that goes along with that as well that um you know, sometimes comes with uh, you know, the price to be able to uh kind of get what you pay for in a lot of cases. Absolutely. And the guy that's the most expensive in town you know, if that's his only job, you know, there's plenty of guys that have other jobs and they don't have to, they don't have to do it every day. I got to do it every day, but you know, I charge 400 bucks for up to three people for a half day trip. 
I do guarantee fish. It includes your fishing licenses. It includes your waters, your Gatorades, your ice. And uh, and if we catch stuff that you want to have for supper that night and it's legal, then uh, then I'll clean them for you and bag them up. It's a full service thing, you know. And um, and the bo- the bottom line is, I charge four hundred bucks because I know that every day there's going to be one or two people that are, that will pay the four hundred bucks. I don't have to come down to two hundred and fifty dollars. And those are the guys you want to go with. Don't you know? You don't necessarily need to go with the guy that's charging four hundred bucks, but he doesn't fish every day. He just charges 400 because he's got another job or a trust fund. And that's another uh, an issue we're having up here in Charleston right now. There's a ton of guys out there that, uh, that have the daddy's boat and the daddy's money, and they're, they think that this is a glamorous lifestyle, you know. Unfortunately, they, they fail to realize that you've got to be a businessman. Um, you've got to pay taxes, you know, and, and you've got to get your people to come back. And uh, most of these kids aren't that funny, and if you're not catching fish, you better be funny because that's the only re- only two reasons they're coming back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they either like you or you you put them on fish. Either one, right? <laughs> that's it. You know, I know plenty of guys that can catch the fool out of them, um, but because of their demeanor on the boat, people don't go back. And I know plenty of guys that are just nice as hell, and they don't catch that many fish. And people will go back with that person and give them a couple shots. You know, they'll give them a couple chances to put them on fish. But that fella that's yelling and screaming at, at the guys like he knows what's going on and nobody else does, they don't go back with him. And if you don't catch fish and he's yelling and screaming, it, it is, they definitely don't go back with him unless they unless they t- get him taken back early. Yeah, well, I wanted to ask you, too, about um, obviously you're a hooked performance fishing uh, pro. I wanted to talk to you about, you know, leveraging that gear this year, um, you know, while you were fishing, uh, you know, it speaks Speaking from someone that's on the water so much, you know, in addition to the hook team and the other sponsors that you have, how important that that gear is and to have that right gear at when you're on the water. If people only knew, I kind of equate it to uh, going snow skiing. You know, a lot of people that have gone snow skiing, if you don't wear the right stuff or duck hunting or any anything where it's cold and wet, let's just let's say that, um, and it doesn't have to be both. It can be one or the other. If you go and your feet get a little bit cold, the rest of you is cold. If your back gets a little bit wet and cold, the rest of you is cold. All day, and you can be miserable. Now, you throw that into I'm trying to beat 100 other guys for $50,000 right now, but I'm miserable. It can play some really incredible mind games on you when you get home that night. And you start thinking, man, because of my foul weather gear, I might have missed a fish that would have put me in the money or, you know, whatever. And – when I started wearing this hook foul weather gear last year, I instantly called my guy at Hook and I said, I said, Drew, I'm going to need you to send me another suit. And he said, wow, what's wrong with it? I said, well, I'll tell you what's wrong with it. It works so good that when I get home in the afternoons, I need another dry one to put on for the next day. Because it, it literally, you know, obviously the outer layer is going to get wet. That happens with every suit you've got. But I pull it off and my pants are dry. I pull it off and my shirt's dry. And if I can put on those suits and I can get through a day and it doesn't cost me a single fish, I feel like it's a victory in and of itself, you know. So that being said, I think everybody in this country knows the kind of weather patterns that we've had in the southeast the past two years. Let's just say mm-hmm. I put my foul weather gear through the ringer. I mean, I, I wore it at least one day for every single tournament. Out of 12 tournaments this year, I wore it at least one day for every single tournament. You know, I mean, I wore it yesterday and today. I mean, you know, I wear this stuff when I'm shrimping, I wear it. 
I wear it nonstop, and uh, the best thing about it is I can wash it, I can dry it. Um, you know, I, I can do I can do anything I do with a pair of blue jeans with this foul weather gear, and it comes out looking brand new again. So, you know, I've I've been a I've been a big proponent of good foul weather gear for a long time, and I, it's been hard to find any um, until I started dealing with these guys at Hook. And I told them I said, man, I, I'll be honest with you, I don't I don't think I'm gonna sign up till till y'all let me see your foul weather gear. As soon as I put my hands on it. And I looked at a few different things like the seams and the tape and the zippers. I said, all right, sign me up because this is the kind of gear I need. Yeah, and, and that gear, particularly when you're on the water as much as you do, and actually anybody on the water for any amount of time, you know, it it doesn't take long to figure out if it doesn't work. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, exactly, I, I've exactly. I've been here in the past, and and when it's when it goes south, it's it's a miserable experience, and. Um, <laughs> That's something that you don't want to do, regardless of whether it's on the water a day or, you know, three hundred plus days a year. Yeah, and usually it's a it's a it's a trickle down the back of your leg, or it's a trickle down the down the top of your back, and you're like, oh god, it's gonna be a long day. You know, so you know, having having that foul weather gear, it's just it's I don't know, it's an added security blanket, just knowing that's one less thing you're gonna to have to deal with because. You know, we deal with everything from broken trolling motors to, you know, wires coming undone, you know, loose bolts here and there, you know, breaking props on stuff. I mean, we we did flat tires, you know, blown hubs. I mean, my my you can literally build a trailer with what's in the back of my truck. I got everything except I-beams in the back of my truck right now. I got, you know, spare tires, hubs, all that stuff. And it, all that stuff is going to go wrong. It's just normal wear and tear knowing that your foul weather gear is going to work is just one less piece of stress on you during an already stressful week when you're traveling, you know? Well, I tell you now, um, one of the other things, too, some of the other sponsors wanted to give you the opportunity to talk about them as well. Um, in, in the year that you use, that's a question that we get asked a lot is what type of equipment, uh, that, you know, tournament anglers like yourself use, and that's something where we get a lot of questions Okay, well, this and this is a uh, this is a touchy subject for me, and I'll tell you why. I I get offers, you know, and not not just because of this year, or whatever, but in the past I've gotten offers from companies, and I turn them down. I, I got an offer for, from a sunglass company last year. I turn them down. I I will only use stuff that I that's proven and that I believe in, and you know, basically products that sell themselves. You know, I, I've got too much I got too much time on the water fishing to be convincing somebody to go purchase this, go purchase this, you need to do this, or you need to do that. I, I want to hand it to them and say, here, try this. And if you don't like it, I'll buy it from you. If you go buy it and you don't like it, I'll buy it from you because I'll put it in my arsenal. And, you know, pen, pen and pure fishing in general, um, spider wire is the best line that I've ever used in my life. Nanofill, if you're freshwater fishing, the Nan Berkeley Nanofill is untouchable. Um, but I use the spider wire uh, Invisibrate Ultracast. And that stuff is it's never let me down. Um and the new pen clashes, you know, I've been using the uh um the um battalion rods for about a year and a half, two years since before they came on the market. And at that, that same time I I got the clashes and uh, I mean the um not the clashes, the conflicts. And I like an all black reel anyway. you know, I I feel like there's less it might be psychological, but I just feel like there's less room for corrosion and stuff to get in there, but um, I started using those conflicts, and they have been outstanding. And then I didn't think they could get much better. And then when they came out with the clashes, and I I met up with uh, with Mike Rice from Penn, and we did the little promotional video, and 
I got to use them for the first time. I was a little upset when he took them back after we did the video. I mean, you're not going to leave those with me? You know, and he, uh, he got back and he right sent me. Right. And uh, so when he got back, he sent me a set. And, um, you know, I, I, I kind of kept them in the closet until we went to fish that championship. And um, I like to have new gear for every every big tournament just because that's one one less link in the chain you got to worry about breaking. You know, you don't want to drag slip in or something like that. And I actually, I put new line on for every day of every tournament. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, gear gear to me is a big deal. And Penn is just, they've treated me so well and they give me product that is absolutely, it's absolutely perfect. I mean, you, you can't touch it. I mean, I know there's a lot of folks out there that are partial to different brands. Just ask yourself when, when my, when this stuff does break or when I break this stuff when I roll it up in the window or, um, you know, when I drop that reel in the water, how good is that company about taking care of me and making sure that that reel or rod gets fixed or replaced? Ask yourself that because the customer service at Pure Fishing and Pen is untouchable. You, I mean, it's it goes back to the old saying: if you don't ask, then the answer is no. Yeah, it might have mm-hmm. a one-year warranty on it, but if if it wasn't supposed to fail and you call them and you tell them what happened, they're going to take care of you. And I, there's some big companies out there right now that are turning their backs on loyal, very loyal customers. And uh, and I, I'm just I'm proud of, I'm proud to be affiliated with Pure Fishing and Pen uh, because they're not turning their backs on anybody. If you're a loyal customer and you treat your gear the way it's supposed to be treated and it fails, they make sure that you got something in your hands that won't fail the next time. So, you know that's that's one of the reasons I use that stuff. You know, Bomber um, Bomber Salt Water Grade is another one of my sponsors. They make the best popping cork on the planet. Um, I can honestly say I've won fifty thousand dollars now using their popping corks. That is no lie. Um, and I don't know what I would do without them. I mean, I, I keep about 20 of them on my boat at all times. Half the reason is because mm-hmm. my clients like to throw them and hang them in. They hang them in the trees like they're Christmas ornaments sometimes. And so I got to keep a lot of them <laughs> on the boat. And the other, the other main reason is because if that fish is 20 feet away, he's going to hear that popping cork. And it doesn't break. It doesn't bend. I mean, I use them for tarpon fishing. Um, you know, we catch 30 and 40 pound reds on them down there in Biloxi Marsh. Um, it's a great popping cork. Um, so. I use those. I got to give a shout out to my boy Josh Hall down in Louisiana and Homa. Uh, he he handed me some spinner baits this year. He said, "Here, try these spinner baits. You can't break them. You can't bend them." And I can honestly say, if you needed a tow right now, I think I could hook my tow strap up to one of these spinner baits, and we can move your truck in a little bit. Not maybe not a long way, but a little bit. They uh, they're just tough as nails, and we put the uh, we put the young mud minnows on them and. I mean, it was just insane, the bites we'd get out of them. Um, you know, I got to thank Yamaha. I call my I call my motor on my Sterling uh, my two-fro uh, because the only thing that motor does is get me to and fro, it, and it does it wide open all the time. It's got, I got a 200, uh, 250 show um, Yamaha on there, and it's got roughly 800 hours right now. It's just over a year old. And, and I run that joker at 5,400 RPMs everywhere I go, and it don't it don't quit. She doesn't budge. I mean, it's just I can't I couldn't be happier with that motor. I got the 300 uh, series on my Sea Fox Bay boat and um, the F300, and I love it too. I mean, it's just they're two completely different motors, but they're both just as uh, as as um, I don't know how you would say it other than as accountable as a motor can be, and as reliable as a motor can be. It just you know, I had Mercury's for a long time. For eight years, I ran a Mercury. I put 4,200 hours on a Mercury, and I must have blown that thing up five times in that 4,200 hours. Not to say anything bad about Mercury. It's just 
they uh, my style my style of fishing and running might just not have been compatible with the lower units on uh, on that particular XS Pro 250. Uh, but Yamaha is just uh, they've they've done wonders to me. I called uh, I called Tim Haney after we uh, after I won the Bluxy tournament. I said Tim, I got this 25 grand and I want to spend it on a new motor and uh, and put it on my Sterling. And he said, No problem. I'll send you the paperwork. And um, so they they've been awesome. I got to thank Lee Causey and the IFA too because they put on a great tournament series. That championship was unbelievable. Uh, 118 boats. I think that's the best turnout they've ever had. And I mean, people weighing in fish every day, two fish for almost every team every day. Um, it was just a it's a great event. So I got to thank them for doing that. Um, I got to thank K2 coolers everywhere I go. You know, when I go down there, we stay in some pretty remote spots. So I like to take a smoker with me and a grill. I fill up one big 70-quart cooler with ribs and uh, briskets and, and uh, ribeyes and stuff. And um, and I'll put a little bit of ice on it, but I'll fill that joker up when I leave. And, you know, for a week, I get meats out of one cooler. And for for the same week, I got drinks in the other cooler. And, you know, they'll still be chilly at the end of a week. They might not have ice on them. And anybody who tells you they kept ice in a cooler in 90-degree weather for a week in Louisiana is full of it. So don't listen to them. I don't care what cooler it was. <laughs> But I can tell you this, my my drinks are still cool enough to drink, and my meat didn't go bad. So I got to thank K2 for all they've done and, um, you know, and go back to, to Hook. Um, I did pick up one sponsor that I've been using their watches for two years now because they got a, a really awesome Tide watch. But I picked up Reactor watches uh, after that last win. And, I, you know, I've been asking them, hey, can you don't have to give me any money yet. Just send me a watch every year. That's all I want because I'm, I'm a watch guy. And, so I picked them up, but I've been using one of their watches for uh, for two years, and it keeps five different tide locations that you can store in there on your watch all the time. So I know what the tide is. Tides, I just glance at it, like, just like you're telling time, and uh, I see what the next two tides are going to be every day of the year. So And it's it's to the minute perfect everywhere I go. Um, so, you know, I, we got some great sponsors, and i got to thank all of them. Color Spot Inc., they did all the wraps on my truck and on my boat. Um, i got to thank them. Sugar Hill Distilleries, organic distillery up in North Carolina. Um, every now and then he throws me some, uh, some organic whiskey, which I'm, I'm not opposed to. Um, so, but you know how this business works, man. You, 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 you gotta go out there and represent guys that you like their company. I can't imagine having to go to work every day, fishing tournaments and, uh, and representing companies that I, I didn't like their product or, or the people. And I, I refuse to do it. So that's why I'm with the people I'm with because they, they treat me right. They treat your customers right. And, uh, and their products are second to none. Well, you know, and it's so important to have those sponsors to be able to do what you do to travel and compete and have, you know, the product and the support uh, from those sponsors. So it's so important with every aspect, whether you're running charters or, you know, you're in the middle of a, you know, a high-profile tournament, that, that gear is important to you. So it's definitely important to have those sponsors. But not only that, that, that you believe in, you believe in those sponsors and their product. And that's something that's important, um, you know, that you point out that, you believe in their product and that's why you use it so that's definitely a, a good point that you know a lot of people could take some advice from to be able to, to believe in what they use absolutely and you know you, you got to go to the sponsors and say hey man um this is an issue i'm having maybe we can sit down and see if we can and figure this out and one of the reasons I, i've been with these uh companies as long as i have I, you know i've been with Penn for a long long time and um you know i know i know when i give feedback to those guys that they they take it into consideration and you know there's a lot of companies that don't do that like, oh he's just a fisherman he's just a fisherman you know i've dealt with boat companies in the past that i'm no longer with and 
you know, I'd, I'd give them some feedback, and they, they're still doing the same stuff now. And I hear from people all the time that are in those boats, and they're like, I don't understand why they do this. I'm like, man, I, I told them not to. I told them to do it the other way. So, I, you know, I, I, I like dealing with companies that take your feedback. They give you the benefit of the doubt and say, hey, you know, maybe this guy does know what he's talking about a little bit. Now, I'll be the first one to tell you, sometimes I don't. A lot, a lot of times I might not. But, um, you know, when I do, I'm pretty adamant about it. And, you know, all, all the guys that I mentioned before are, are great about their customer service and they're great about taking heed when we give them um, some feedback. And they even take heed when customers give them feedback. You know, they send out customer surveys and stuff. They want to know, they want to know how to make their products better for the every, everyday average fisherman. And, um, you know, that's, that's, what the, that's what the average fisherman wants. He wants to know, hey, I'll, I need some peace of mind when I leave the dock that my stuff's not going to break on me because it's hard enough already to go catch fish, much, le- much less with broken gear and stuff. So, you know, and I, I know that feeling, and it's a good feeling to have uh, to be affiliated with companies that have you back. It is. Now, one of the things, too, that we wanted to talk about is you talked about, uh, you know, red fishing and kind of that lifestyle that goes with it. And uh, let's talk a bit about the uh, red fishing mafia and kind of, um, you know, some info behind that. Well, the redfish mafia—it's a—it's a small little thing. I started uh, I started in 2009, and you know, honestly, I had some folks. They were seeing my pic- charter pictures and stuff on on the social media pages, and I mean, they were just giving me a hard time about killing fish. And I'm like, man, you know, we're taking a picture of the fish and then putting it back, but you know, you're giving me a hard time. Like, you think every one of these fish is going to the cleaning table? So I said, well, let's just. Let's, I'm gonna create a I'm gonna create a Facebook page that the name has got to make it obvious what the page is gonna be about, and that way I don't mm-hmm. have to post these pictures in front of a bunch of folks that are making stupid comments because they don't know what's going on, you know. And so we just mm-hmm. started the Redfish Mafia. It was right when that uh, Mafia Wars kind of took off. I said, well, you know, we got our own little thing going on because it was a, there was an influx of new guides and the old guides didn't like the new guides. And so people were cutting each other off and all. I was like, man, this, we like the damn redfish mafia out here. These these new kids ain't gonna fish anywhere around us. We keep it up. And so I said, man, that's that's a great name for it. So we started that page, and um, you know, it took a long time to get some money together to uh, allocate funds to make some t-shirts and whatnot. And I don't have any retail location. I, I, I take that back. I've got one client that owns a marina in uh, Augusta, Georgia, of all places, uh, that sells some stuff retail, but. Um, you know, he he burned me up for a long time to put that stuff in there. But I'm trying to keep it small. I, I want it to be a product that, you know, if you see somebody wearing it, then they obviously took the time to go find it online and purchase it. And I mail them straight out of my house. You know, I do all that stuff. I do the postage and everything out of my house. Nobody else puts their hands on it but me and the guy who makes the stuff. And I, I, we've got a cult following of over 20,000 on Facebook and, you know, a thousand on some other sites and stuff. So we probably got 25 or 30,000 followers all together. And, um, we come out with small batches of stuff and, you know, hopefully the, the loyal people are, you know, paying attention and they get their, they get a shirt before the 200 that I make get sold. And somebody can call me and say, Hey man, I really want this color hat or this color shirt. And I say, all right, cool. Somebody else asked for that and I go make them. So, you know, I'm just one of those companies where you're not going to see a Redfish Mafia shirt on somebody that doesn't know what Redfish Mafia is and doesn't know what redfishing is all about. You know, to me, redfishing is about going and, you know, yeah, I love to fly fish, but I'm not one of those fly fishermen that's going to turn my nose up at guys that spin tackle fish, and I'm not a spin tackle fisherman that's going to turn my nose up at somebody who bait fishes. I, I'm a, I'm a whatever-it-takes-wherever-you-are kind of guy, and 
I, I love catching redfish so much that I couldn't care less how we're catching them. If we can catch them, let's go catch them. And uh, that's just I just have a passion for them. The redfish and blue marlins, and I've always been that way about those two fish. And um, I just I like I like having a product that people who share that mentality can uh, can go get. And then when they see somebody else wearing it, it doesn't you know it doesn't question the, the credibility of the shirt they have on. So. You know, there's some companies out there that are just all about the money, and that's not why it's not why I built Redfish Mafia the way it is. I built it so that it, it's for us, it's for the anglers, and that's it. If you're not if you're not an angler and you don't like redfish, then you probably don't need to be wearing the shirt. <laughs> the shirt's not for you. That's it, man, and I'm and I'm fine with that. And I, you know, I don't want to upset nobody, but at the same time, I, I I want people I want people to wear it, and it uh. You know, it's it's hard to it's hard to make a comparison without you know naming other companies, and, and I'm not going to do that. But if I had to name one on the positive side, I, I refer to it as like uh, similar to a flood tide apparel or similar to a marsh wear. It's I'm I'm perfectly fine with a small cult following and uh, making just enough money to buy some more shirts. You know, I don't make any money mm-hmm. off the off the company. It, you know, I'm doing good to break even. But if I can sell a shirt and make just enough money to buy some more shirts. Then uh, and have some more online contests where I give some shirts away and stuff like that. Then then I'm happy with that. Well, I tell you, you've uh, had a great year, and uh, you know, with the the charters that you do, I know you stay on the water a lot, and uh, it's great to see you working with uh, you know so many great sponsors. Um, like you said, it's important with what you do uh, to be able to have their support and their backing, and uh, we definitely appreciate you taking the time to talk with us on the show and uh, you know we definitely look forward to having you back in the future to have some updates and uh, kind of what is new with you these days it's it's awesome to hear all the great things you have going on well thank you so much man i really appreciate y'all taking time to talk to me and uh, i hope everybody that's listening knows that uh you know even even if they don't want to book a trip and they just want to call and uh say hey man what are they biting or I got a question for you. You know, my, my phone number is 843-364-1759. Um, you know, I'm all ears all the time. I answer the phone up until about 10 o'clock at night. So I appreciate you guys giving me uh, giving me an outlet to, uh, to talk to the folks. And uh, maybe we can do it again sometime soon. You know, you guys can give me a buzz anytime you need to. We definitely look forward to it. And uh, we look forward to having you back on the show. And uh, also just wanted to remind people it's flat spot charters. That's L A T S P O T C H A R T E R S. Flat Spot Charters. Um, that's the website. Yep. Captain Jamie gave you his number as well. And uh, definitely, if you're in the Charleston area, look him up. Or, like you said, if you want some news or what's fighting in the area, give him a call then, too. But thank you again, Captain Jamie, for joining us on the show. And we look forward to having you back on soon. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. Talk to you all soon. Happy holidays. Sir. All right. Thank you. Happy holidays. Bye bye. I would like to thank Captain Jimmy Huff for joining us on the PointCoastFish.com Saltwater Radio Show this evening. I tell you, from the IFA to the Elite Series to chartering to the Redfish Mafia, he definitely stays busy and he's well-connected on the water. Uh, he definitely spends over 300 days a year on the water, and it's amazing to uh, have him come on the show and uh, share that with us. Uh, he's definitely energetic, and we look forward to having him back on the show with us. Yeah, Jay, I tell you, he's a guy that's got a great reputation, and uh, we've heard about Jamie uh, in a lot of the fishing circles that we know, uh, and a lot of people have told us that, hey, you know, if you want to talk about redfish and just fishing in general, especially in the South Carolina area, you got to talk to Jamie. And so 
Uh, hopefully Jay and I are going to get down there to Charleston sometime in the near future as well and uh, go fishing with them. I think that would be a, uh, a fun adventure to do, and I'm sure we've learned a lot of uh, new tips and tricks with, uh, you know, on a trip with Jamie. So hopefully we'll uh, do that here in the near future. Well, you know, they've got an excellent fishery in, in South Carolina, and like you said, we look forward to being able to get the opportunity to go and fish with him. It sounds like they have something going on all the time. But, you know, what a smart idea, Price, um, as he's going into those areas to pre-fish is to pull his clients in and run charters in the local areas where he's pre-fishing. A lot of times you've got to get creative um, and, you know, and think of ideas outside the box to be able to fund um, some of these tournaments and tournament fishing. And um, that's an excellent idea to be able to, one, run charters and also at the same time pre-fish. Um, you know, that's an excellent idea. And maybe uh, those of you that are listening to the show, that's not a bad idea. You know, if you're a licensed captain and you run charters, and maybe an option for people uh, to possibly fund some of their tournament fishing. Well, and you know, the other thing that he brought up that kind of caught my attention, because I cannot tell you, uh, especially if you follow us with Point Click Fish or uh, – you listen to the show, but we talk to a lot of charter captains, and uh, if you look at our website, you see we have a lot of charter captains listed and all that. And you know, Jamie brought up a good point. Uh, even in when you're chartering, you do get what you pay for. And I think Jay, we could probably do a dedicated show on you know from the consumer point of view. If you're looking for a charter, uh, if you're looking to go fishing, regardless of what location it is, kind of give you kind of the general uh, tips and. Uh, what you need to know as a consumer when you're booking a charter, especially if you don't have experience in a, you know, uh, booking a, a captain or going to a new location and all that, it's very important that you do your research and, uh, you know, because uh, there are so many guys out there that call themselves captains who aren't really captains, and there's a lot of charter companies who aren't really charter companies. And so uh, he's right. You get what you pay for sometimes. And so, you know, maybe that's a future show that we can bring on, uh, everything from inshore captains to offshore captains, uh, and let you listen to them from their, you know, give you their input as well about booking charters just in general. Yeah, like you said, Price, there's a lot of good information that he, uh, you know, passed for people that are looking for charters. Um, you know, questions to ask, people to talk to. Um, you know, don't be afraid to call a captain that you're looking to charter with and talk with them or email, or whatever works best, but, you know, to communicate back and forth with them, ask questions, you know, like you said, that's a great um, show topic for us to talk about is what to look for when you're booking a charter. Uh, that's a question that we get asked often, so maybe we'll pull Captain Jamie and some of the others, uh, you know, and have them call into the show to talk about what to look for and what you should ask, because a lot of times, um, you know, if you don't ask, you won't know, and you may be disappointed uh, when you get back to the dock. Yeah, just like any consumer product, buying a car, buying a TV, listen, sometimes there are lemons out there. Uh, as much as you uh, put your faith sometimes in, uh, you know, purchasing stuff or whatever, sometimes things just don't work out. Um, and, you know, that's the exact case with charter fishing. Uh, Jay and I can tell you horror stories that we've heard from captains, that we've heard from consumers, uh, tournament guys, I mean, you name it. We've heard it from all gamuts as far as people having nightmare experiences, uh, you know, booking a charter or, you know, go, going to the dock and, you know, the it was advertised the guy had a massive boat and then he gets there and it's a John boat. <laughs> I mean, you know, it doesn't have fishing rods, doesn't have bait or, you know, and then at the end of the day, the money, you know, how much is it to go fishing, you know, for a half day 
versus a full day, you know, all that type of stuff. And so, yeah, Jay, you're right, man. I mean, th- that would be a great show to have on uh, some guests because I think a lot of people would be interested in that topic a lot. You know, and another thing I wanted to echo that he was talking about is uh, the hook performance gear, the foul weather gear. They absolutely knocked it out of the park. And that's something that we wear on the water, and it is awesome. It definitely keeps you dry and warm, and we've worn it from Niagara, New York, all the way down to Bufal, Alabama. I mean, we've we've worn it, uh, and that's just this year alone. But they knocked it out of the park with the foul weather gear and, and the other products. But really, the foul weather gear, like we were talking about earlier, is amazing. And that's something that's so critical when you're on the water is to have that foul weather gear that actually works. Um, that's something that there's nothing worse than getting out on the water and to find out that you are wet. And that is not fun. I've definitely been there. But uh, I have not had that happen at all with the hook performance foul weather gear. That is something that they definitely knocked down the park. So definitely want to echo what he was saying about the foul weather gear from hook performance fishing. And if you're looking at the gear, hook, H-U-K, gear, G-E-A-R dot com, hookgear.com. And, Jay, I, I, you know, I can go off that as well, that uh, just in general, the hook, just the T-shirts, just <laughs> – your casual t-shirts from hook i mean they are amazing the it is a shirt that you can breathe in it is a shirt the the quality what they have of these shirts is amazing uh i've got you know i I joke with a lot of people and even with the hook guys you know i'm a bigger guy you know i I wear the double xl sometimes the triple xl and uh you know they're a company that actually makes a very comfortable shirt for a big guy because I can assure you there's a lot of fishing products out there and a lot of fishing apparels that's not exactly made for big boys. Uh, you know, there's, you know, they say it's really double X, but really it's probably a, a large and <laughs> maybe an XL and stuff. And so, you know, I was kind of joking with them uh, that I would be their plus size model if they needed one. So they got a kick out of that. But, yeah, it is comfortable gear, and it is, you know, just even the casual wear with hook. It's just amazing. I tell you, I'd like to thank Captain Jimmy Huff again uh, for joining us on the show. We look forward to having back on, Price. Uh, we hope everyone that's listening has a safe and happy Thanksgiving, and we definitely look forward next week for you joining us on the PointClickFish.com Saltwater Radio Show. Price, I tell you, I look forward to uh, turkey and uh, might have to do some working out and some fishing uh, during between now and next show. Right, I want to get one of those X's off the, I want to get to the smaller hook size. And so, so yeah, don't don't eat as much turkey. Maybe that's the secret. But, yeah, Jay, we got some good shows coming up, and we got some big announcements coming up as well. We do, we do. We've got some exciting news. And um, with the project build, it's definitely moving quite along and some new project partners with the ultimate fishing truck that we're building right now. So we look forward to releasing those, but uh, the project is well on its way right now. Um, so we are very excited about that. And uh, I tell you, Price, after that, we will launch the new trailer. I tell you, that's uh, between the truck and the trailer, that will definitely give us an advantage as we go to these events this year. Um, but we're definitely excited about that. But more on that later. Yeah, we definitely look forward to letting you all in on that little secret with us with the pointclickfish.com 
to order fish and ultimate fishing truck and live events trailer price. Let's tell everybody we're going to go ahead and sign off so we can go ahead and get on the road and uh, start doing some crunches before we start eating Thanksgiving dinner. That's right. I'm going to get my running in now. <laughs> thanks for calling, thanks for joining us, everybody. Thanks, Captain Jamie, again, and we look forward to seeing you again on the PointClickFish.com Saltwater Fishing Radio Show. We hope you enjoyed today's show. For more information, show notes, updates, or to join the saltwater fishing community, visit pointclickfish.com. Don't forget to catch live streams and future shows at saltwaterfishingradio.com. Until next time, thanks for listening. Stay safe on the water and tight lines.